Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. Conflict in your marriage is guaranteed to happen. Try running a podcast with your spouse. (laughs) But truly winning those conflicts doesn't mean getting the upper hand in the argument, though, or ultimately getting your way. To be able to have a happy and successful marriage in life requires conflicts to be managed in such a way that both you and your husband end the conflict as winners. Now, this may sound impossible, especially when you feel that you are definitely right and he is definitely wrong. Today's guest is my friend, Starla Anderson. She and I will be discussing how to win conflicts in your marriage. You are going to love Starla. She's a professor of conflict management at Azusa Pacific University, educated in communications, law, and dispute resolution. Starla is also a mom who raised two amazing children and has a wonderfully healthy marriage. I'm so glad you joined us today as we learn how to win conflicts in our marriage. Well, I am so glad to be here to talk about this today. We have been married for 15 years this summer, which seems impossible. (laughs) And I'm so glad you could be here, Starla. How long have you guys been married? We've been married 25 years this year. Wow. That's crazy. We're a decade ahead of you. So crazy. It's (laughs) wonderful. Well, I'm going to let you go ahead and jump in as we talk today about three secrets to having a successful marriage. All right. Well, the very first one I would say is the rule to never keep a scorecard. Mm, That's super interesting. So when you talk about a scorecard, what do do you mean? So it is not keeping track of what you've done for the other person and what they've done. When have you been wronged? When Mm. that type of thing? Because he said, she said, he said, she said the tally marks are just a recipe for disaster Mm. because you're, you're focusing on the wrong things. You're focusing on yourself and not them. And also, do you really want a scorecard for your own behavior in a marriage? No, I just want to keep it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't really want to be held accountable for every little slip up that I made. And nor does my my spouse. So the concept of just breathing grace into things and prioritizing and letting go the things that you can let go and, Mm. and, you know, addressing the ones that need to be addressed. But the scorecard is just going to lead to bitterness and resentment. Mm -hmm. Well, and one of the things that I'm really appreciated that Sean is a lot better at saying than I am in our marriage is he'll remind me during a heated time when I'm like, getting frustrated or like in a moment, he's the one normally who will slow down and say like, Hey, we're on the same team here. Yeah. And I'm always like, Oh, why are you the one to remember this? I should like, I should know this. We've been doing this for so long, but it does help. It It really helps to remember that it's not, there's not a winner or a loser. Right. And I don't want, I don't want him to lose. Right. Cause then I'm married a loser. Right. You know? Uh, Yeah. So that doesn't help at all. It's yes, exactly. And I think when we start to keep tally marks, it's when we're focusing on what we're benefiting out of the relationship and Mm. not what we are investing in a team as far as what good in the world our team is doing. Mm. So when I'm focused on what my husband's doing and how my part in his life enables him to succeed, I don't get as 
jealous over his time or Mm. his attention or perhaps take it so personally if he's had a rough day and he comes home and has a, a little bit of a harsh tone toward me. I can let that go and go, you know what? Something happened today before this conversation that that gave him a good reason that if I were in that situation myself, I would have probably responded that way when I came home. Yeah. So I try to breathe grace into those moments. And and I'm grateful that he does the same for me because we are not perfect. Right. <laughs> this team, like the, the idea of a team is so, so we, some days you're on Krista, right? Right, right, right. Some days you're not. <laughs> and it is what it is. Yeah. But when you're in a team, the other person can kind of pick up the gap. Yeah. When you're having a rough time and normally in relationships, it seems like, you know, when I'm struggling, he's strong. Yes. When he's struggling, I can be strong. And that give and take is what helps it be a successful relationship and in in a marriage. Well, I would agree with that for sure. And I think that when they're having a rough time, taking inventory of my own heart to know, okay, do I have more to give today? Mm-hmm. And then when you do, doing it as a blessing to know, yeah. like, I can do this as a gift and, yeah. and like as an act of service and love. And I kind of think back to when you're dating too, because when does it, when do you think it starts the scorecard stuff? Cause you don't do it when you're dating, at least not like <laughs> in a healthy dating, not normally right. like the happy dating relationships that lead to you marriage. Kinda, yeah. I that think, doesn't but, happen as much. But we remember the things that we loved about our spouse when we were dating all right. of a sudden become the irritants in marriage. <laughs> it's like the flip like, side of the coin <laughs> exactly. that you didn't look at when you were dating the other side of it. Right. Totally. So I think that, yeah, we our scorecards don't come out until the, the bliss of the honeymoon is over, right? And then yeah. when we're like, okay, we're in this now. We have to make sure that this is fair and equitable. Mm. And it's not about fair and equitable. It's never about even. I think that's a big thing is when yeah. people, when you hear people like, well, I did it, or he, you know, mm-hmm. he, this, or I, that. And I found that even in like a smaller marriage group that I'm a part of, it seems like the points where there's the highest points of stress is when it's about the unfairness mm-hmm. that I'm doing all of this. And he's just so busy at work with all of this, or right. he's so busy with all these things, or He's not hearing me or not seeing me. And it's a comparison. Right. But then when it flips to being a place of service of saying, yeah, but what can I do? How can I love him well? Or right. what, what could he do? How can I tell him how to serve me better or different? Right. Then it's not a weighing of if it's even or fair. Because it's never going to be even and fair. No. And, and if it were even and fair, you wouldn't be as effective in your roles. Right. Right. And they're supposed to have the same roles. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been really great in our marriage when we've had times where I was able to be home more and and invest in that way. And there have been times when he's been home more Mm. and he's invested in our home life. And and to not say that one of one of those are more important than the other. It's the whole package needs to happen in a home. Mm. And I think it comes from heart place, too, because that's something I hear a lot from people who are at home is feeling like, well, he just doesn't appreciate what I do. Like, or, or it's just an expectation that I do all of these things. And so figuring out how to work through that place in your own heart or to resolve the conflict between each other and say like, yeah, you know what? I do need your help in this. Right. I'm doing a whole lot and I need you to help carry a little more, but there has to be like good communication for that. A hundred percent. Which is important. Right. So how do you feel like this pers- this scorecard stuff helps to resolve conflict when you guys like do get at it about something? 
Well, I think that probably goes into the second point that we wanted to talk about today about how to have a successful marriage. And that is venting to your spouse about these issues Mm. and not venting to your friends or your your family members. Yes, because you are going to forgive your spouse and they can't Mm. forget what you've shared with them. And it's really hard. You're good at that. You're loving them well and you're going to get through it if you communicate well to, to resolve the issue. But when you disparage your spouse to everyone around you and then you've walked through it, then you get frustrated. Why are you so hard on him or her? Mm. And it, it just it's human nature, right? If yeah. you have told me a bunch of negative things about you, Krista, it's difficult for human nature. I mean, God forgives us right. and doesn't remember it anymore. We're human. We're fallen. We, we can't. Yeah. Well, and they so, didn't pick those people didn't pick your husband. Right. You picked your husband. Yeah. So and your then again, love. why would you want everybody to think you you married somebody who is a bumbling idiot, right? You know, and but you is tell rude all those things and all these things. So why? What is the motivation in sharing that with yeah. other people? It just doesn't make sense to me, and it's awkward and uncomfortable for people around you. So I think yeah, number one is 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 working through it between the two of you, so that you aren't left with this emotional residue of all these harms because Mm -hmm. the scorecard was really, you know, kept carefully that all of a sudden one small thing happens and you just become a volcano of venom. Yeah. Because you haven't taken each of those things. I like to use the analogy of a backpack. Mm -hmm. We're walking along through life and we're wearing our little backpack and then something happens that we get harmed or hurt. And so we pick up, we, we take a moment and we pick up a little rock and we toss it in our backpack and we go on our merry little way. And then something else happens and another rock gets in my backpack until I'm not even able to walk straight, but I am not willing to take the rocks out because my scorecard shows that I have with. been, yeah, I'm the victim here because my scorecard hmm. says there are that many rocks in that backpack. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... You know, one small thing happens and I just huck my whole backpack on my husband (laughs) and it doesn't go well. They're not ready to handle all of that. And I call it getting historical instead of hysterical (laughs) because like, yeah, two years ago you did whatever X, Y, Z. And and I've ruined relationships by being historical. Mm. So I'm I'm thankful that I learned that one. I didn't get married until I was 26. Okay. There was a reason for that. Yeah. God God was protecting you. He needed me to work on a few things. Yeah. So I ruined a few relationships, Mm. but, but then I was more prepared for marriage thank goodness yeah. for the for the husband he had for me so it yeah. was worth the the scrapes on my knees mm. and the missteps that i took when well, culture says that you should complain to people i think about i remember being we got married really young so we got married when i was almost 20 um, which is funny because people would always ask me, are you sure you're ready? And I, you know, you think so highly of yourself when you're 19. I know everything. That you know everything. <laughs> and I remember just thinking, why do these women keep asking me if I think I'm ready? Obviously I'm ready or I wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> but, um, but it worked out really well for us. But so it was a little while before I had friends who were married because most people didn't get married that early. And so we had already been a few years into our marriage before I was hanging out with groups of of women who were married. Mm -hmm. And I remember being so shocked. I think it was actually even once I had our first child that I started really spending time regularly around married people because it was like play dates with kids, you know? Right. And when I started hearing sometimes when there's this husband bashing would start. And I remember just thinking, oh my goodness, 
what are we doing? Why is this happening? And just listening and listening like without my jaw dropping, but it kind of was because I just didn't know. I didn't know that that's what people did, Mm -hmm. but it is. Why do you think culture does that? Especially women. Well, I think our Instagram cultures is so focused on, look at what this husband did for their oh, wife. Oh my goodness. And oh yes. my gosh, he's doing such a better job loving her mm-hmm. the way that she deserves to be loved. And then what is my husband doing? So it's this comparison thing. And it's also an unrealistic expectation that your husband should be your mind, a mind reader. Mm-hmm. And if he truly loved <laughs> he knows me, you. if he truly loved me, he would know exactly what I needed in this moment and he would do it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. There's no human on this earth that's able to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's it's a lack of taking responsibility for yourself that leads to this unhappiness yeah. in, in marriages because you don't even know. You know, I would say half the time, these women who are complaining don't even know really what it is that they need. They just want their husband to meet it. Mm. And it's our responsibility. Yeah. It's it's everyone's responsibility to figure mm-hmm. out what is the root of my angst in this moment. What is it that could be done to do to solve it? And then I can reasonably bring this up to my spouse and have a good conversation about it. But if I can't even answer that, I'm not ready for that conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to have a productive conversation. Yeah. Until I can articulate my own thoughts, and it it takes time. And our culture's busy. And, you know, how often do we really take a moment to take inventory of like, why am I feeling this way Mm -hmm. instead of just making somebody else pay for the way I'm feeling? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of times, again, like you said, with the Instagram thing of everything, what you see, what people do, you are only seeing this glimpse of things, of people, and everyone can't be everything. Right. That I married my husband. Because I love these things about the way that we do life and these things right. about the way that that he is. But when I'm looking at someone else's husband and their highlight reel of whatever their, you know, their big moments. Their, their photoshopped moment. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's not fair. Yeah. And I mean, that would almost be like, I was even thinking about how the, the pages I choose to follow are beautiful. I love to follow, like see things yeah. on Instagram that are beautiful to look at. Yeah. I don't choose to follow like, oh, there's a you know, a someone who has like a really messy playroom all the time. I want to look at their messy toys all the time because I see messy toys all day long. Yeah. So I don't need to like scroll through other people's messy toys, but beautifully organized things are inspiring right. and it's lovely to look at. But in a relationship, the reality is everyone has places that are messy rooms. Absolutely. You know, but, and when we find those messy rooms, I would say that's my third tip to a successful marriage is that you need to speak to your spouse at an appropriate time in a manner in which they can best hear you. Mm, But that's so hard. Yeah. My timing isn't relevant in that determination. It's if I'm speaking to my husband about something that's important, I need to be sure that it's a time that he can hear me. Mm -hmm. So food is a factor. Rest is a factor. Stress is a factor. All of these things need to be considered in me determining where is the best, when is the best moment for me to bring this up? And then how do I best bring this Mm -hmm. up? And I think with that too, you sometimes have to decide, is this something where it needs to be addressed today? Mm -hmm. Because there are some things that like really do have to be a that day thing. And I remember someone giving us the advice when we were early married to, or before we were married, to never go to sleep angry with each other. 
And there were some times when we were early married that I remember we had to have some late nights because like, we can't go to sleep. We've got to work through this thing. And it was long and it was late, but we worked through it. And I knew it was the kind of a thing that would have been a rock in a backpack. Okay. And I guess that's when you, maybe that's how you decide. Like, is this something that if I say, you know what, you've worked a really long day. Yeah. And, or maybe you even have a really long work week. Maybe it's like three really long, heavy days. So really Friday would be be the best time for Mm -hmm. us to talk about this. That maybe that's how you decide. If you say, I can wait till Friday and not be resentful resentment. and right. not be angry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's a heart issue. Like mm-hmm. you need to really determine in that moment, is this something that I can, re- you know, wait and do a better job with? Mm-hmm. Or do I need to bring it up right away? I do have a good example of probably the worst conflict that we've had in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And it was a situation where we were on vacation. A grandparent wanted to spend time with the kids. It was the last night, and the kids were having a meltdown. And so I cut the playtime short and mm-hmm. said, get in the shower, get in the bath. We're going to go to bed. When my husband came home from running an errand, the grandparent cornered him and said, this is what happened. And, you know, Starla is robbing us of this time with our grandkids. And so when he came in the oh. house, he looked at me and he said, now what'd you do? And it was one of those where I had to carry my little rock for a while because I was hurt to such a degree that I didn't really know how to articulate that well. Mm -hmm. And so it took uh, actually two days for me to get all my thoughts together. We ended Mm -hmm. up driving four hours and spending a day on a boat with another family and And you still were dealing with all this in your heart? I I was still dealing with it. I cried through my sunglasses. (laughs) We spent the night at a hotel. I spent the whole night in the bathroom with the little notepad writing out my thoughts. We flew back to San Diego and then drove another two hours to get home halfway on that drive. Jason asked me, are you ready to talk about it? And I said, yes. And I need to give you an analogy to tell you what this felt like for me. Because I could have called him on it immediately. And I did say to him, in the moment, I'm really sad that after we've been together this long and parented together, that that's the way that you see this. Mm-hmm. I, that was the only thing I could come up with at that, at that time. But the analogy was... But that was such a nicer thing than what you could have said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the analogy was, we were on the same football team. And when the play went down this time, not only you were on, you were on the line and I was the quarterback. When the play went down this time, not only did you hit the sidelines on me, you hit the locker room. Mm. And there was a moment of silence and quickly he said, you're absolutely right. And that will never happen again. I allowing your spouse to find themselves in a a scenario like that is what Jesus did for people all the time. Yeah. That lesson stuck with him so much better than me calling him on the carpet and telling him how unfair that comment was at that moment. And, you know, making sure that it got on my little tally card Mm -hmm. of that hurt. Um, It hasn't been an issue since because it made such an impact on our relationship that he you know, really said, I'm on your team. Mm -hmm. This is a team effort. Our team can't succeed if I'm Mm -hmm. not on your side. Yeah. So yes, I'm a big fan of, if I can somehow speak to him in a way that it makes sense, 
That's and if it takes me longer to articulate that, yes. I will wait for that moment. Okay, so I was going to ask, how did you? How would you recommend someone go about coming? Okay, because that's brilliant. First of all, like that, like <laughs> it, what a wonderful way to explain it. But how do you get to that place of like, I'm so angry and I'm so hurt, and like how do you? How would you even come? Like suggest that someone even come up with an analogy of how to explain something like that to their spouse. One of my favorite sayings is calmness is the cradle of power. And you Mm. cannot have a rational thought if you are not in control of your emotions. And so I, that's another reason why I had to wait. That's so much easier said than done. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's, you know, I'm responsible for the way I say it again. What was the thing? Calmness is Uh the cradle of power. Calmness is the cradle. Okay. And, you know, I'm responsible for what I say. Hmm. Do I want to make apologies a lot for messing up because I just had to get it off my chest? Or am I going to hold on to it enough until I can really think through it logically and articulate it in a way that can be received so that I don't have, I still have to apologize, Kristen. Right, of course. <laughs> but, but at least it's less because I am looking at the person I'm communicating with and not just meeting my needs and my timetable in my way. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at what's their needs. Mm-hmm. What's his timetable? How can he hear me? I don't know anything about football, honestly. But, <laughs> but you <laughs> knew he decided, he'd hear that. Yeah. I just decided, hey, that would be something, you know, my Cowboys fan would, mm. would be able to hear and receive and, and relate to. Yeah. So another thing I was thinking about that comes into all of this, this started when you were with your kids. Yes, it did. And I think that's something that is a whole like another element that gets thrown into conflict with your spouse is it's one thing when it's just the two of you, mm-hmm. you know, and like you're learning how to be married and figuring all of that out. And that has its own like challenges in figuring out how to communicate with each other and right. work through conflict. But then when you have kids present, what what tips would you give for the parent who has, let's maybe go both sides, maybe starting with like young children around and present and there's like a heated moment or you have older children now and when there's a moment that you know, okay, this needs to be more than it is. So starting with like little kids, what would you suggest? Well, I think when they're little, they feel your emotions. So if they're very strong, I think that it is probably better to wait to handle that. But when they're older, mm-hmm. they need to see that parents can work through these things. Mm. Parents parents can put their thoughts in ways that can be heard and received. And I think we need to model that for our kids and not hide those things from them because then they will think unrealistic thoughts about what marriage is like and is it reasonable that we never have conflict if we love each other? Well, that's not true. Yeah. And I want my kids to be equipped to know, hey, if there's a difference that needs to be addressed, I want to do it, but I want to do it in a way that honors mm. my spouse. Yeah. Yeah. One of mine asked one day, not too long ago when we were just, um, Sean and I were just working through something that we're both very strong personalities and both have very like big, I don't know, we're just passionate people and our kids are all passionate people. So we'll see if this new baby is a passionate person. It's really (laughs) hard to imagine like seven passionate people all in one house, but they all are in their different ways. One is more silently passionate. Others are a lot more loudly passionate, but There are times when having, you know, that strong personality that we'll just be in the middle of a conversation and just both be excited about it. And it's not even that we're, we're not even necessarily angry. We're just having a big, passionate (laughs) conversation. And I feel like this has been a season 
of reasons for like a million passionate conversations with everything yeah. going on because we're you know, coming off of all of, well, I mean, not coming off of, still really in the midst of all of this coronavirus stuff and then going into election season and everything that's been going on politically right now. There's been so many spaces for passionate conversations. Right. And my tendency, because of having younger children, because um, my oldest is just now 11, because of having youngers, I think my tendency has been to say, we need to keep those conversations like really to ourselves 100%. But then um, one of the older kids started, was like, hey, are, are you guys okay? And I was like, oh, we're fine. <laughs> we just both feel really big about this idea we're talking about. And I could tell that they were kind of caught off guard because I have been careful in protecting them. Yeah. So that's encouraging to me to realize that, because at first I actually have kind of felt bad about it since it happened. Because I thought, oh, that shouldn't be something that they're feeling like any concerned about if we're okay but i guess that's just a maturing thing oh that they're definitely. becoming aware and don't we need our kids to be equipped to have differences in the in public mm -hmm. in in a way and i think that the key to that is tying some objective rational thought to our passionate opinion mm -hmm. right not just i feel this way because i feel this way it's like oh, why yeah. do you feel that way am i able to have an answer for that mm -hmm. why that passion is for that topic and and show them that logical connection because I want my kids to be equipped to do that in this mm -hmm. world is, is be passionate about something, but don't just be passionate for passion's sake. Yes. Link it to something objective. Absolutely. That makes rational sense. Absolutely. Okay. So if you were talking to a mom who said, we are just at a place where I feel like we need to be pointed towards hope in our marriage. And these all sound great. Where would you say her starting point towards a place of finding some success and hope and joy would be? The easiest thing is, I think I heard it this morning from someone, is serve them well. Serve them mm. as, as much as you can, as often as you can. Because when you start to do that, you're serving yourself because you're on the same team. But it'll be reciprocated. Right. It, it's that process of that they'll have the desire to reciprocate that behavior. So start with yourself. Yeah. Take control of your own actions mm -hmm. and it'll, it'll come back to you. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Starla. I so appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me here. To win in conflict means both you and your husband win together as a team. The goal is to maintain and strengthen your relationship as you experience conflict together and model that behavior to your children. Starla highlighted three important points. First, never keep a scorecard. Your wins are his wins and vice versa. If you truly embody this principle, then you will choose not to carry the stones of bitterness or resentment in your backpack. Second, keep your conflicts between you and your husband. This creates a safe space to work out even the most difficult of conflicts because there can be honesty and trust. It allows for vulnerability and discussion of difficult truths. Third, choose your timing and tactics for these conversations so that your husband can really hear you. Now, there are circumstances where even this guidance may not be enough to help your marriage. And in those circumstances, I recommend the support of a counselor or a therapist. We heard some powerful advice today that we can all put into practice. Now, what strategies in your marriage have worked for you that you could share right now with some other women? 
Leave your strategies in the comment section below or on our website or social media. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends. And join us next week as we learn how to nature adventure with your children.